Well, ladies and gentlemen, he did it. Last night, a wet and glistening Donald Trump announced his 2024 presidential run to a crowd of sort of bored people, quite frankly. That's one of the storylines from Mar-a-Lago, which we'll get to a little bit later, but a very different energy last night than in times past. Trump himself even seemed kind of bored with the speech he was reading off of his teleprompter. The crowd only engaged at a few moments. And remember that many people around Trump were telling him as recently as Monday, you should not do this. You should not do this after the results of the 2022 midterms. You should not do this after the realization that this isn't even really over 2022 elections until December 6th with the runoff in Georgia and Donald Trump deciding to do it. Now, many of you will remember our friend Michael Cohen, Trump's former lawyer, swore up and down to me. Trump's not going to run. Many others, even in my audience, were emailing me as recently as yesterday morning saying Trump's not going to run. He is running and we are now going to have another potentially two years of insanity in the United States. Now, before we get to the clips, another aspect to this that I believe, especially with the energy behind Ron DeSantis, may be very different than in 2016 and in 2020, is that you are going to see the people behind Donald Trump, especially those who get behind him this early on average, be even more extreme because there are now other options, including Ron DeSantis, who hasn't declared that he's running for anything and is already leading Trump in most polls taken after the November 8th midterms, all of which we will get to CNN and Fox News initially covered care uh, Trump's speech live. Uh, they eventually cut away. We're going to get to that as well. MSNBC ignored it completely. I tried to cover it. We had technical issues, which I will address a little bit later. I got some really nasty emails about it, but I will get to that. But let's start off with already. I mean, just even the way Donald Trump was welcomed into the room was absurd. Gentlemen, please welcome the next president and first lady of the United States of America, President Donald J. Trump, accompanied by Mrs. Melania Trump. And I'm proud to be an American. OK, so just ho- completely horrifying from the get go. The most high energy moment from the entire thing was the moment that Donald Trump actually announced. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. Okay, so the crowd certainly engaged there, but at almost no other time. Donald Trump was expected to go at the most half an hour. He went nearly a full hour and got into some of the same old tired stuff, including this completely bonkers dictatorial idea of executing every drug dealer like they do in China. Responsible for death, carnage and crime all over our country. Every drug dealer during his or her life on average will kill 500 people with the drugs they sell, not to mention the destruction of families. But we're going to be asking everyone who sells drugs, gets caught selling drugs to receive the death penalty for their heinous acts. Even that language is so funny. We're going to ask the drug dealers to receive the death penalty. Uh, Mr. Drug dealer, sir, we would like you to receive the death penalty, please. Because it's the only way we don't need any more blue ribbon committees. We don't need I don't like to say this, and I don't even know if the American public is ready for it. And a lot of my people say, please don't say that, sir. That's not nice. They kill 500 people each on average. 
And if you don't do this, in China, when I was with President Xi, I said, President, do you have a drug problem? No, 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 we don't. He looked like- That's Trump's uh, impersonation of Xi. No, 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 no. So listen, this is a this is a wacky idea. And again, not mincing words. This is an authoritarian extremist. He would like the United States to be even more authoritarian. But he's also a liar and a hypocrite because Donald Trump pardoned many drug dealers at the end of his presidency. So death penalty for drug dealers. Also, Trump pardoning drug dealers at another moment during the speech, clearly gearing up for what is going to be a contentious battle with other Republicans. It's abundantly clear that's going to be the case during this new presidential run. Donald Trump actually sort of going after the Republican Party, but laying out a very bleak situation. Much criticism is being placed on the fact that the Republican Party should have done better. And frankly, much of this blame is correct. But the citizens of our country have not yet realized the full extent and gravity of the pain our nation is going through. Mm. And the total effect of the suffering is just starting to take hold. You're going to suffer much, much more, ladies and gentlemen. But you can also vote for me and I'll fix everything, even though I fixed nothing last time. And this is part of why I think this time it may not go so well for Trump. But we'll get to that. Don't quite feel it yet, but they will very soon. I have no doubt that by 2024, it will sadly be much worse and they will see much more clearly what happened and what is happening to our country. Yeah. By by the time you get the opportunity to vote for me, Trump says things are really going to be bad. Another kind of weird interlude and a strange thing to include in a presidential announcement. Trump saying again that we're going to go to Mars. At least he pronounced it correctly this time. Remember that viral moment previously where Trump said we are going to put a man on Nars. He at least got it right this time. Human knowledge and extend the horizons of human achievement. And we will plant our beautiful American flag very soon on the surface of Mars, which (laughs) I got started. The crowd is sort of like, yeah, I guess so. Trump said he got that started, which is, of course, not true. A very weird thing. Trump also choosing to float a new conspiracy theory during this announcement that maybe China is the one that stole the 2020 elections from him. Remember, he's tried everything else. It was the Democrats. It was communist, communist, communists, communists, socialists, Marxists, all of whom don't really exist in the United States. Uh, it was, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop or whatever. Now it's and this is very irresponsible. Now it might have been China. Many people think that because of this, China played a very active role in the 2020 election. Just saying, just saying. Sure, that didn't happen. All right. You know, like two people clapping. And what is becoming very clear about this new run, which, of course, it will be another grift run for Trump to raise money, is the strategy will be lie about all the things he he supposedly did as president, claim everything was amazing when he was president, and then claim that, again, we need him to prevent things from being terrible, which they will be under Joe Biden, I guess. At another moment, I, I know, guys, it's you, you look at the calendar and you say. Is is my calendar right? Is it November of 2022? Is it almost 2023? And Trump is still talking about Hillary Clinton's emails, which he, by the way, pronounces Clinton, which is a whole other story. Yes, you would be right. He's still talking about that including the raid of a very beautiful house that sits right here. The raid of Mar-a-Lago, think of it. And I say, why didn't you raid Bush's place? Why didn't you raid Clinton? 
32,000 emails. Why didn't you raid Clinton's place? Why didn't you do Obama, who took a lot of things with him? We Obama. The yeah. So I didn't know. I know Trump claims to be religious and we know that he's not. Maybe this is the festivist airing of grievances that Donald Trump was doing. And he did indeed straight up just say, I'm a victim. I'm a very big victim. Thank you. And I'm a victim, I will tell you. I'm a victim. Think of it. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Surprising to some, but not to others, Donald Trump did include portions of the transphobic sections of his recent rally speeches in his big announcement yesterday. Pay attention to something. Something is notable about this part. We were doing we were starting to really get it right. We will not let men, as an example, participate in women's sports. Is that OK? No, no men, no men. <laughs> now the crowd is engaged. My people tell me, sir, that's politically incorrect to say. I said, that's OK. I'll say it anyway, if you don't mind. So much like with CPAC recently, the transphobia and homophobia were the most interesting moments of CPAC speeches to that crowd. Other than when Trump said, I'm running for president, this was an hour speech. The crowd was mostly dead, dead. They tried to leave. They weren't allowed. We'll get to that. Um, the most interesting spe- uh, moments of the speech to the crowd were when Trump said, I'm running. And when Trump said no men in women's sports. So that tells us quite a bit. One other thing, Donald Trump blamed the Green New Deal for all sorts of things. There is no Green New Deal. The Green New Deal isn't law. It's just a proposal. Really bad. The socialist disaster known as the Green New Deal, which is destroying our country and the many crippling regulations that it has spawned, will be immediately terminated so that our country can again breathe and grow and thrive like it should. Yeah. The crowd may be with tepid applause because there is no Green New Deal to end. The Green New Deal is a proposal, but the Green New Deal is not the law. So the crowd clearly confused. And then here's the end of Donald Trump's speech. The crowd just barely into it. Trump doing you know a version of the same way he's ended his recent rally speeches. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. (laughs) We will make America safe again. We will make America glorious again. (laughs) That's a little extra addition. And we will make America great again. Thank you very much. God bless you all. Thank you. So listen, um, a very different speech than at any prior time. This is going to be a very different sort of candidacy for Donald Trump. There are options. There are strong options. There are many Republicans who are already sick of this guy. And 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 there is a completely different dynamic in the United States with what the Republican Party electorate looks like. So this is only the beginning. We are going to be with you for the entire thing. 2024 clearly starts now earlier than ever. The best thing you can do, make sure you're subscribed to our podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel 
and be with us for the coverage and we will see where the country ends up. There are more than three million viewers of ours who watch the clips but aren't subscribed on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. It's a very easy thing to do. Well, I told you that a lot of people looked and sounded bored during Donald Trump's big 2024 announcement. It turns out that it wasn't just my perception. People were trying to leave the room at Mar-a-Lago last night and Mar-a-Lago staff blocked people from leaving the room. Understand that the Trump announcement was so boring. People were trying to get out and they were forced to stay in the room. Here is ABC's Jonathan Carl. Folks, this this is beyond parody. It is stunning that this is the world we now live in. Listen to this. Incredibly low energy. I actually saw people trying to leave um, and, and people leaving early. Even before. And by the way, Trump is speaking right now. Where he was done. He's still speaking now. Uh, and, and then they, I think, perhaps a little concerned that did the hall the hall would empty out too much they actually started preventing people from leaving so now they're no longer allowing <laughs> what an electric atmosphere at mar-a-lago where it's quiet enough for a reporter to do a stand-up while the speech is still going on i mean think of that 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 in and of itself is amazing and increasingly of course the question is has trump fizzled out the polling is not looking good desantis is leading trump in just about every poll And Trump's not even I'm sorry, DeSantis hasn't even announced that he's running for anything yet. So the question of whether Trump fizzled out is one question. The speech really was very low energy. And at one point, the camera panned to Trump's family and they were all just kind of standing there awkwardly. It wasn't even really clear they were that into it. And there were some reports that not everybody in Trump's family wanted him to do this. Ivanka Trump, as far as was reported, wasn't even at the speech. And we actually have video here. Um, I'll, I'll play this. You can see a crowd milling from screen right to screen left, and they're just quite literally blocked. There's a bunch of staffers in the lower left preventing anybody from getting out. They, the, the, the entire thing was going to empty out and people were blocked security or whatever these people are not letting them leave. Forget about freedom of speech. They don't even have freedom of movement at Mar-a-Lago. Um, so that was quite, quite remarkable. Here's another moment of just how bored people were. This was while Trump was speaking and you see many empty seats and just absolutely no energy here. They devalued their currency, whether it was the pound or whether it was the yuan or the yen. Yeah. And I used to fight like cats and dogs with the leaders of other countries. Like a dog. Um, Video at one point also caught Roger Stone. This is pretty funny. Stone was there and. I can't think of anyone looking more bored about all of this than Roger Stone. He looks like he's wondering where the exits are or maybe the bar. And they let it go back up instead of putting America last, (laughs) as the Biden administration has done very, very openly and bravely. My God, it really was like um, like Hotel California. You can check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. And much of the crowd mentally checked out. But quite literally not allowed to leave. Just one more clip here just to give you the flavor of what was going on. One guy doing YMCA. OK, check if you're watching. Look at the middle of the room. <laughs> he notices no one else is doing it and then he stops. So lower energy, hard to imagine. 
Trump didn't seem that into it. His family certainly didn't seem that into it. The crowd didn't seem very much into it. And one of the most interesting aspects of this was even Fox News didn't seem that into it. And I want to talk about that next. Okay, we're going to move on from Trump's very boring and sweaty and low energy announcement that he's running for president. It really was sort of like I'm running for president. All right. okay, let's move on. Um, Even Fox News cut away from the speech and they didn't go back to it for a while. This is super interesting. At a certain point during the speech, which was expected to be under a half hour, Trump went an hour and ranted and raved about executing drug dealers and so many other different things. When Trump started talking about Angela Merkel, Fox News just straight up cut away. His friend Sean Hannity cutting away. Remember I sent to Angela? Remember Angela? Do you remember Angela? Nobody's remembering her now. (laughs) Just joining us, President Trump in Mar-a-Lago announcing his 2024 presidential run. Yeah. So Hannity cutting away. That was at 940 p.m. Eastern time at 944 p.m., as you can see here. They still hadn't come back. They were interviewing Mike Huckabee. And that looks like Pete Hegseth. And then at 946 p.m., they also didn't come back. They were interviewing Jim Jordan and um, oh, I forget the name of this woman who was uh, the great Alan Combs sister in law. I forget her name. That was at 946 p.m. And then at 948 p.m., they were interviewing some guy I don't recognize and Leo Terrell wearing a Leo 2.0 hat. This is not a good sign for Donald Trump. And there was a story floating around yesterday that the Murdochs and Fox News are totally off the Trump train. It was one of these speculative but unconfirmed stories. But interestingly enough, This morning, early this morning, Maria Bartiromo, by far one of the biggest brown nosers of Donald Trump now for years, who spread Trump's conspiracy theories and everything, even Maria Bartiromo this morning, potentially after seeing the level of lack of energy, rather, at yesterday's speech, Maria Bartiromo hosted a panel, all of whom were criticizing Trump and saying a lot of the stuff Trump is pulling. We're over as Republicans. Take a look at this. That's that's the thing that people keep pushing back on. They don't want to go into a whole nother storm of hate. And there is Trump derangement syndrome. Right. There's definitely touch. And and I think he started even that last night. He started with the China virus. He started with, you know, uh, poking names at DeSantis. We've heard that. And people are tired of it. Look, I also think that, you know, DeSantis and Youngkin, like you said, are really the future of the party. Right. They're, They're in a generation that I think needs to come forward. And as much as, you know, his policies were good. Trump's policy was good in the first in the first term. I, I don't think the majority of the country really wants to go back there. I'll tell you, I live in Florida. <laughs> Florida's fully behind DeSantis, no matter what Trump wants to tell you. They are fully behind DeSantis. Mm. You know, it's interesting, Ivanka Trump. Ivanka Trump yesterday says she's bowing out of politics mm. just after her father's announcement. Right. Uh, the former first daughter telling Fox that she'll be staying out of the political arena altogether. That, that- yeah. So, um, This really is fascinating, because at the end of the day, you you almost start wondering, how did Trump even end up running? Because the polling has shifted dramatically towards DeSantis, who isn't even running for anything at this point. Not even all of Trump's family wants him to do this. Ivanka, not even there. She's bowing out. You know, I, I love my father, but sort of stuff. 
Maria Bartiromo seems to now be regularly entertaining anti-Trump guests. Fox News has started to do man on the street interviews where they happen to come across Republicans who want DeSantis to be the nominee rather than Donald Trump. The New York Post, also a news corporation product, puts out Trump Dumpty covers last week making fun of Donald Trump. You start to wonder who around Trump actually wants him to do this. And where you end up is it really does seem like the guy has no friends other than his own ego. And this is all directed by his own ego. And it is going to be I mean, listen, I'll say it. it's going to be an interesting two years. It also may be sort of a sad two years. It'll be good for the country if Trump uh, 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 crashes and burns. But it also may have some level of, of sadness. But let's not assume like we did in 2015 and 2016 that Trump can't win because it is very early. It is very early. Anything can happen. DeSantis hasn't even announced anything. And we'll look at the polling a little bit later in the show. In the meantime, support the independent progressive media that you like. If it's this show, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. It's free. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. It's free. If you want, sign up at joinpacman.com. If you prefer Sam Cedar or the Young Turks or Brian Tyler Cohen or whoever, just make sure you're supporting the infrastructure so that we are well placed and well prepared not to let let any of these extremists, whether it's DeSantis or Trump or whoever, actually win in 2024. We'll take a quick break and then be right back. Parents in the audience, if you're like me, you're looking for fun, new things to do with your kids, meaningful, enriching, but fun enough to keep them engaged. Every month, our sponsor, Mel Science, sends you a box with science experiments that combine hands on physical components with virtual and augmented reality. Learning science doesn't need to be boring. It doesn't need to be difficult. Many kids are hands on learners who absorb the most through activities like these. It's perfect for homeschooling ages five through high school, five different subscriptions to choose from chemistry, physics, STEM, math or medicine. Mel Science sent me the chemistry of monsters box where you grow a black monster from sugar and make a huge foam eruption in a flask. But you're actually learning about carbon dioxide and unstable carbonic acid. We had a ton of fun with it. The VR components are awesome, too. It is really clear how this helps kids tune into what they are learning. And my audience gets 50 percent off your first month. Go to melscience.com and use the code Pacman. That's melscience.com. Promo code Pacman saves you 50 percent. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. 
You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H E L P.com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors is Sunset Lake CBD, giving you 20% off when you go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code Pacman. Unlike other companies using these cheap synthetic cannabinoids, Sunset Lake CBD extracts natural CBD oil from hemp grown on their family farm outside Burlington, Vermont. Sunset Lake CBD believes this transparent farm to table approach is the best way to spread the benefits of CBD. But don't just take their word for it. A certified third party lab tests every product to ensure accurate dosing. You can easily view the results yourself at sunsetlakecbd.com. Just click on the quality tests tab. A lot of people report CBD being useful for things like insomnia, stress, pain. Producer Pat uses Sunset Lake CBD gummies for sleep. He loves them. I've had their CBD coffee. It's excellent. They also have oils, flour, topicals. Maybe you've been thinking of giving CBD a try. Sunset Lake is where you want to go. They support the David Pakman show. They're socially responsible as a company. Go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use code Pacman for 20% off your entire order. The info is in the podcast notes. A, a geopolitical story of consequence that developed over the last 24 hours, which is really just as much about reporting as it is about foreign policy. There was, were initial reports yesterday that um, missiles had struck Poland, and the initial belief was this was Russia probably accidentally in targeting Ukraine, although it was not completely clear. And the belief now is that this was actually an accident committed by Ukrainian forces. The latest reporting uh, from CNN as of this morning, Poland's president says missile that killed two likely fired by Ukraine in defense against a Russian attack. Polish President said the missile uh, Polish President Duda said the missile that killed two people in eastern Poland Tuesday was likely fired by Ukrainian forces defending against a wave of Russian missile strikes and that the incident appeared to be an accident. Quote, there is no indication that this was an intentional attack on Poland. Most likely it was a Russian made S 300 rocket that was in a tweet. He later told a press conference there's a high chance it was an air defense missile from the Ukrainian side, which fell on Polish territory in an accident while intercepting incoming Russian missiles. Duda's comments were in line with those of two officials briefed on initial U.S. assessments who told CNN it appears the missile originated in Ukraine, although it was Russian made. Um, this is important because, listen, there's so many stories here. Number one. Um, these military actions are serious business. And when we talk about innocent bystanders, you're no more innocent if you're in Poland where two were killed than you are in Ukraine, where the exact same thing would happen. Either way, when, when we're talking about innocent bystanders, we're talking about innocent bystanders. But the unintended consequences of an invasion of Ukraine by Russia 
are extraordinarily far reaching in ways that aren't even always considered uh, um, at sort of a, as the primary question or discussion. The second thing that's important to mention is the amount of misinformation and disinformation and conspiracy theories that floated around in the roughly eight to ten hours after the original reporting was this seems to have been Russia. Russia bombed Poland. OK, we saw all of the following and more. We saw Fox News uh, personalities say Poland should bomb Russia in response. You can't let Russia get away with this. Well, it turns out it wasn't Russia. It turns out it actually now. Can you blame Russia because Ukraine is defending itself from Russian aggression? Well, sure. OK, you can have that conversation. But these hawks on right wing media saying anything short of immediately bombing Russia back is unacceptable. It's weak. It's sissy, whatever the case may be. Russia didn't actually do this. This was an accident from Ukraine based on what we know right now. That's number one. Number two, conspiracy theories. I'm not even going to play it. I was going to play it. And I said, why even bother? Conspiracy theory. Charlie Kirk saying, I don't know, I, I hope this isn't a false flag. I hope this isn't a false flag. I have no evidence that it's a false flag, but I just hope it isn't. And one of the things that unfortunately happens in the 24 hour news cycle. And again, this is why sometimes I can't do it because the story is so big. But in the 24 hour news cycle, particularly when there are shootings and crimes, I will often wait an extra day to avoid fueling disinformation or conspiracy theories. And sometimes you just have to wait a little bit, particularly when the news is coming from half a world away. Not that there isn't Internet and reporting in those places, but we don't always figure out exactly what's going on right away. So this is now another dimension to what's going on in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. This has been going on now for months and months. We don't know how long it's going to go. We still don't know what Putin's endgame is. We still don't know what the ultimate resolution is. There are now divided. There have always been that there are increasingly divided opinions about for how long and to what degree should or should the United States not be uh, funding Ukraine's defense, be it through money or be it through weaponry and equipment. And we are now in a nine month conflict. It's shocking to say, but it was I believe it was February when we first started reporting on this. We're now almost in December. I have no idea what the conclusion of this is going to be. But what we do know is the longer it goes on, just sim simply from a sort of like entropy and statistical perspective, the more likely it is that more types of innocent bystanders are going to be hurt and are going to be killed. Good uh, uh, use of restraint, by the way, by many in the United States, not Fox News, not Charlie Kirk, but by many in the United States in actually waiting until we have more information about exactly what it is that happened there. And it now appears that it was actually an errant Ukrainian defense attempt that ended up killing two people in Poland. What should the geopolitical consequences of that be? I don't know. And we don't yet know what the parties involved are thinking. I want to spend just one moment um, going through a few clips that are all of my pillow CEO and founder Mike Lindell. This isn't really about Mike Lindell in particular, but this is about the sort of psychosis that seems to have afflicted so many on the right over the last week as Republicans failed to win winnable seats in the House, Senate and governor's races. Republicans are going to take control of the House. They will not have control of the Senate and they lost some key gubernatorial races. Take a look at this. Mike Pillow was at Mar-a-Lago yesterday for Donald Trump's announcement for 2024. He is now saying, 
I have the proof Carrie Lake really won the governor's race in Arizona. She didn't. I have the proof that Blake Masters really won the Senate race in Arizona. He did not. How long are they going to do this? How long are they going to tell the exact same stories for which they have no evidence? It seems like it is years, years. Listen to this. We bought them. They're absolutely caught. Everything that was done in Arizona, we caught they them. are caught. And I was going to just the tip of the spear for unraveling. See, there's tens and tens of thousands of citizens that are looking for a place to reach out. They're going to do sworn affidavits of what happened. Remember, affidavits are not evidence. They can be accepted as claims that are still evaluated like testimony. Affidavits are not evidence, strictly speaking. I don't think there's a judge in this country that can't say we need a new election down there in Arizona. And now, uh, can, can you imagine a new election in Arizona? There's going to be no new election. Steve Bannon's already talking about decertification or prevention of certification again. There's no such thing. Carrie Lake lost. Blake Masters lost. More people voted for their opponents. That's what happened. Just for Carrie Lake, remember, they took Mark Fincham's too. They took Blake Masters. They were all stole. And I don't care. They were stole. They were stoled, folks. Doesn't matter what anyone says. We already know this. We were watching it from the Edison report. We were watching it cyberly and cyberly. They were they saw it stoled cyberly. Think of it. We were watching just blatantly. The citizens were all watching. So you have imagine having three different camera angles of a crime. When you have a crime of this magnitude committed, you can't certify this election. Yeah, folks, this is part of why they lost in 2022. I I don't want to say that the sole reason Republicans did so terribly was their insistence on election denial. But to some degree, certain candidates harping on it was stoled, as Pillow says, did not help them. This is now a religion. It's not it's no longer. Well, we think 2020 was stolen. No, now it's we think 22 was stolen. We believe they're going to steal 2024 unless we win, in which case we zip our lips and shut our mouths. Here's another clip of Pillow losing the little bits that were that are left of his mind, I guess, as the Carrie Lake results came in. This guy is very unwell. What she has then was an image, uh, all the images before they came in and did the trusted build. So these uh, these teams, uh, these team of uh, experts, cyber guy, everything yeah. for seven months now have uh, there was a came out with the first report, the second report. This is the one we've all been waiting for because this shows actual machine manipulation. <laughs> it shows it shows the manipulation, not just that they can be manipulated, but that our 2020 election was deleted. It he was- has no such evidence and he has never presented it. It has been two years now. It's manipulated um, all these things and, and not just that, but they also the election, another election they had in uh, in Colorado. So you have two sets of proof there and yeah. there I is no proof cited Steve because it's vindicated. It's here. It's over. The uh, these guys are guilty. And and these uh, when these uh, you're, if you when you see these uh, the credentials these guys have. By the way, we put it up on Frank Speech exclusively. Yeah. You can go there and view this report and and the stuff that backs it up where they got the stuff from. And yeah. uh, so that's I looked good. for it. There is absolutely no proof there. You know, if Mike Pillow came forward and said, you know what, I was wrong. I don't have the proof. I I, I don't have it. And even if I suspect that something was was amiss, 
I don't have any of the proof I claim to have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I did. I would actually respect the guy to some degree. Uh, Mike uh, Pillow also yesterday at Mar-a-Lago with the completely and obviously incorrect claim that today Ron DeSantis would be endorsing Trump for president. We're halfway through the day more and DeSantis has not done that. Here we are live at Mar-a-Lago. Look at all the fake news from around the world. I just had a ball with them, uh, talking to almost all of them. They asked me about uh, Ron DeSantis running against Donald Trump, and I said, after tonight, Ron will just endorse him in the morning. you got to believe that. <laughs> Why would you want to waste all that time, energy, money, and everything else? So very exciting here. And, uh, Another one of Mike Pillow's predictions that obviously isn't coming true, unless in the next few hours Ron DeSantis decides to come out and endorse Trump for president. I don't believe that's going to happen. And if you if you allow me to bet on that, I'm not a betting man, but I would bet on that. We are going to take a quick break. Make sure that you are following us on Instagram at David Pakman Show. All of these clips we played are on our Instagram. After this short break, we're going to look at polling. We're going to look at the existing campaign for being Trump's vice president. There's really one person right now who's uh, in the middle of that campaign, and that's Marjorie Taylor Greene and so many other things. You've heard me talk about the accounts we've had hacked. It's a horrible experience. It can happen to anyone. Look up the stats. If it hasn't happened to you yet, it may at some point. Protecting yourself against scammers online can get complicated. Our sponsor, Aura, is the all in one solution that I now use to keep accounts safe. Aura scans the dark web for your personal info, emails, passwords, social security numbers, immediately alerts you if anything is found, helps you fix the problem. You also get alerts about suspicious credit inquiries or automatically requests the removal of your information from search engines and data broker sites. And Aura protects all of your devices from malware with its state of the art antivirus. And Aura also helps you manage what your kids can do on their devices with very simple, easy to use parental device controls. You can try Aura free for two weeks at Aura.com slash Pacman. Your login credentials might already be floating around. It takes only a few seconds on Aura to figure that out. And think of all of the other useful things you'll discover during the two week trial. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Pacman to have Aura scan the dark web on your behalf totally free. The link is in the podcast notes. I love cooking at home. I cook all the time. Having a good set of knives that you actually like to use is really important. For years, I have been a fan of the advantages that Japanese knives offer. And our sponsor, Kamikoto, makes amazing Japanese steel kitchen knives using the traditional techniques that date back to the Edo period of Japan. Kamikoto only uses steel from Japan. Each blade takes years to craft and goes through a rigorous 19 step inspection process with a lifetime guarantee. The knives come in a beautiful heavy duty ash wood box, makes it a really great gift, easy to store as well. On the Kamikoto website, you can see a map of the Michelin star chefs all over the world using Kamikoto knives. My Kamikoto knives at home have been performing great for years. You really just can't beat the feel of a nice Japanese knife perfectly balanced in your hand. And Kamikoto is now running a big Black Friday sale. My audience gets an extra $50 off. Go to Kamikoto.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman 
That's K-A-M-I-K-O-T-O dot com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for an extra $50 off. The info is in the podcast notes. All right, I'm not going to do this to you even every week, never mind every day for the next two years. But because last night failed former President Donald Trump announced another run for president in 2024, we have to look at what the polling says right now, not only about Trump versus other Republicans, but also general election polling. I was telling you earlier, we have a very different situation now for Trump's run than we did in 2016 or 2020. Now, Donald Trump, number one, has become a clear loser. 2018 wasn't great for Republicans. 2020 was a disaster for Trump and Republicans. And 2022 was the red wave that I guess could have been but wasn't for Republicans. And so now you have a Republican electorate not completely sick of and tired of Trump, but certainly much more so than in years past. And you have a guy that is very well liked among Republicans, and that is Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who was just reelected by a 19, nearly 20 point margin. That is a blowout win for Ron DeSantis. We don't yet know the impact of last night's announcement that Donald Trump is running on the polling, but we do have a bunch of polls released after the November 8th midterms, and they're very bad for Donald Trump. Let's take a look at this. You can find this on the 538 Republican primary 2024 page. And what we see is that there is a seven letter insight poll released today that shows Ron DeSantis plus eight over Donald Trump, still with a lot of undecideds. We do have a single morning consult poll from yesterday that still shows Trump ahead by 14 over DeSantis. But then we have a CWS research poll looking at Texas, which has DeSantis plus 11 over Donald Trump in Georgia, Florida, New Hampshire and Iowa. WPA intelligence polls, which are OK, they're rated a B slash C by 538. All have Ron DeSantis ahead between plus 11 and plus 26. We have a Leger poll of the national Republican primary, which has DeSantis at plus two. And then we have a YouGov poll, which is the best ranked pollster of all of these at a B plus with Ron DeSantis plus seven, Ron DeSantis plus seven. This is a very different situation than in years past. We will maybe know by Monday, maybe next Tuesday or Wednesday what the polling looks like after Trump's announcement. Will Trump's announcement help him in that it will invigorate people to say, "Okay, DeSantis isn't even running. Trump's running. I'm throwing my support behind Trump. Or will Trump's early announcement, which was ill advised, according to many right wing strategists, actually hurt Trump? That would be an interesting thing to see. Now, also notable. And again, I'm not going to do this to you every day or even every week for the next two years. If we look at general election polls, for 2024. And it is so early, but it is still interesting. If you look at a, a new poll re, uh, released by Leger, again, a B slash C pollster in a hypothetical Biden versus Trump matchup, it is Biden plus three. And in a hypothetical Biden versus DeSantis matchup, it is DeSantis plus two in that poll, DeSantis polling way better. And then in a bunch of different Biden polls for 2024 from Morning Consult, it is Biden winning in every single one. It's Biden defeating Christie, Cheney, Pompeo, Rick Scott, Hogan, Nome, Tim Scott, Tom Cotton, Hawley, Cruz, Haley, Romney, Rubio, Pence. The best outcome 
is DeSantis. DeSantis is the only one that in that poll is even even with Joe Biden. And then this one from right before the election. Uh, actually, this is from New York. New York's a very blue state, kind of meaningless. OK, so the other point here is. Trump and other Republicans short of Ron DeSantis aren't even polling well in hypothetical matchups against Joe Biden. Joe Biden also hasn't announced that he's running in 2024. So a very different situation here. We are taking a picture right now and then we're going to give it six or so months and see how things are looking in the spring. But it is not at all clear, even though many Republicans insist this nomination is Trump's for the taking. It is not clear that it is really Trump's for the taking, and it is not at all clear that if Trump wins that nomination, that he is in a strong position to actually win in 2024, at which point, by the way, he will be you know, nearly 80 years old. And that's a whole other story, which we will get to. The point is, this could all end in genuine historic humiliation for Donald Trump. There is a campaign to be Donald Trump's vice president going on right now. And there is really one person who is in that campaign, and it is radical, repugnant Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene is openly running to be Trump's VP. She is trying to dissuade people like Ron DeSantis. And when it looked like maybe Carrie Lake would be the next governor of Arizona, Carrie Lake from running partially because she wants to be Trump's VP. She believes her best shot at being the vice presidential pick is if Donald Trump is the nominee. And we're going to get to that in a moment. Marjorie Taylor Greene yesterday was confronted with a very good question, a very obvious question. If Trump is so strong, if Trump is so powerful, if Trump is so revered in the Republican Party, why did so many of the people that Donald Trump endorsed lose? And Marjorie Taylor Greene just sort of like with a throw everything at the wall and see if any of it makes sense. Answer. Listen to how she answered the question. Trump endorsed candidates lost. I would say there's I would say it depends on the district. I think there's a lot of varying factors. Um, Redistricting happened and that was based on the the census that was pretty much pre covid. Um, A lot of people moved out of those districts over the past two years. Okay, so so. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So first of all, redistricting only matters in congressional races. Trump's biggest losses in the contested races of consequence that would have made a difference. Carrie Lake in Arizona, that's the entire state. Redistricting doesn't matter. Blake Masters in Arizona. Senate races are the entire state. Redistricting doesn't matter. Um, Doug Mastriano and Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania. Tudor Dixon in Michigan. These are all statewide races. Redistricting doesn't matter. Then Marjorie Taylor Greene polls. Well, a lot of people move during the pandemic to other states. Unless you can make the case that it was disproportionately Republicans that moved, That also isn't really a good explanation for why Trump's endorsements ended up falling flat. None of these explanations make sense. But remember, Marjorie Taylor Greene is desperate to be Trump's VP, so she has to come up with something other than, you know, a lot of people kind of don't like Trump. I think that plays a part. Um, I think it's candidate by candidate. Sometimes one campaign is run really well and sometimes one is not. But I would also say the media plays a big part. Ah, So then we get to really just blame the media. The media leans 
pretty hard left. And so when Republican candidates, when we run for office, not only are we running against a Democrat opponent, we're yeah. also running against the media a good bit of the time. And that's really not fair. So I think there's a lot of factors um, at play. And President Trump's win record uh, is, is historic. Most of his candidates won. Very few of his candidates lost. Yeah. And again, remember, even Republicans are admitting to the absurdity of that statement. Trump's record, which he says, oh, we were like two hundred and fifteen or something. You know, it, it, every day it's a different number that he claims you mostly endorse incumbents who usually win or Republicans in safe red races. That is not impressive. If I was in the endorsement game, I could have a really good endorsement record because there are quite literally hundreds of races in which it's obvious who's going to win. Would it really be meaningful? Would it really be meaningful if I actually called it in that way? Because I hate to say it, a couple chimpanzees could probably call most of the races where it mattered, where it was contested, where it could have made a difference in the balance. Trump failed miserably. Someone who also failed miserably in their endorsements is Tulsi Gabbard. And after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Good habits have to be sustainable in order to become habits. It has to be something you'll actually do. And when it comes to nutrition, some people have hours to plan out every meal, their exact vitamin intake. I'm not doing any of that. I don't have the time. Here's what's sustainable for me. I start my day with just a single scoop of AG one from Athletic Greens. It gives me the entire day's worth of the 75 high quality vitamins, minerals and probiotics I want from whole food sources. It's just simple. It's just one scoop of AG one. I get all the nutrients I want. I don't have to do any math, use my protractor, my TI 83 or take a bunch of different capsules and pills. It's not some kind of wacky supplement making a bunch of crazy claims. You know, I would not promote something like that. AG one is just a simple product that does what it says it does. It gives you the daily nutrients and vitamins you likely want vitamin A, C, E, magnesium, zinc, potassium in one simple scoop. You keep your body nourished. You'll also get a free year supply of vitamin D, which I take in the winter, plus five free travel packs at athleticgreens.com slash Pacman. That's athleticgreens.com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Let's talk briefly about former Democrat and former Democratic presidential candidate and former Democratic congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. The other day on uh, Twitter, I asked the question, what is Tulsi's next pivot now that almost everyone or is it everyone she endorsed lost or may lose? We found out what the next pivot is going to be, and I'm going to tell you in a moment. But before we do that, if you want to find someone with an even worse endorsement record than Trump, you have to look at Tulsi. Look at this. The New Republic with a nice write up about this. Nearly every Republican Tulsi Gabbard endorsed lost the election. These are the numbers. Tulsi Gabbard endorsed 13 Republican candidates and 10 of them lost. And she endorsed some real extremists for someone who has made the claim that it is the Democratic Party that lost her that she is leaving the Democratic Party because she is the moderate. She is the critical thinker. She is the, for lack of a better term, enlightened centrist. And then all of a sudden she's endorsing Herschel Walker. She's endorsing Carrie Lake, John Gibbs. That's not critical thinking, and it's certainly not moderation. Those are some of the most extreme candidates out there. The New Republic summarized this. 
She in the House endorsed John Gibbs, who I interviewed. He's out of his mind uh, and he lost Tom Barrett and Joe Kent. All of them lost on uh, the Senate side. She endorsed Blake Masters, who thankfully lost one of the worst and most dangerous candidates this cycle. Adam Laxalt in Nevada. Thankfully, he lost. And Don Balduck in New Hampshire. Good thing he lost as well. And then as far as governors go, Tulsi endorsed Carrie Lake. We learned yesterday that, yes, indeed, she lost. Darren Bailey in Illinois lost. Tudor Dixon in Michigan. She lost. And Lee Zeldin in New York. The three people she endorsed who won were J.D. Vance for Ohio senator. He was already well ahead at the point at which she endorsed him. Mike Lee for Utah senator. Okay, that's maybe the most contested one here, even though he was doing very well in the polls. And then Christy Nome for South Dakota governor. She's very popular in South Dakota. Meaningless endorsement. She was obviously going to win. So a disastrous endorsement record for Tulsi. So then we get to what is her next step? What's her next pivot? Some of you wrote to me and said Tulsi's next pivot is going to be becoming overtly transphobic <laughs> because that's what's doing really well right now among the Republican Party. Well, maybe, but the actual news is that Tulsi Gabbard has joined Fox News. We used to joke about this months and months and months ago when a year, maybe longer, when we started to see the Tulsi transformation. We all were joking. She is really lined up to be a Fox News contributor. And it was a joke, but one of those jokes where you say, well, it it actually could become a reality. She is now a Fox News contributor. The Hill reporting Tulsi Gabbard Inc.'s contributor deal with Fox News. A spokesperson for Fox confirmed Gabbard's hiring on Tuesday. She has emerged as a leading critic of liberals and has been campaigning with a number of Trump backed Republicans during the recent cycle. She regularly has appeared on Fox over several months. She has guest hosted Tucker Carlson tonight. She was on uh, Fox's afternoon table talk program, The Five, and occupied the seat typically reserved for Democrats and liberals. So is this the end of I mean, listen, we're dealing with a right winger now. Tulsi Gabbard is the absolutely typical reactionary. Populist esque. I don't even know if the word libertarian applies. She was very clearly a Democrat because being a Democrat was how she was going to be elected to the House representing her home state of Hawaii. And there was really nothing special about being a Democrat. Some of the people who fawned over her from the left were saying, well, she's against regime change wars. Who isn't? Who isn't? And oh, I Hillary was going to get us into three wars. Was she? Biden's going to get us into three wars. Well, he hasn't so far and he's halfway through his first term. Once that fell out of favor or was no longer useful, she started the pivot. Well, we need to defend speech and there's a little too much wokeness and suppression of speech on the left. And I can see it clearly because I'm inside. It was all BS. And she has now gone full circle. She endorsed the most extremist lunatics running in 2022. Just about every single one of them lost, thankfully. And now she's a Fox News contributor. What does she have to look forward to? Well, maybe this. Check this out. I am going to play for you video of Fox News propagandist Sean Hannity's sulking recognition that extremist Republican secessionist election denier Carrie Lake lost. I really took pleasure in Carrie Lake losing. You know, when it came to someone like Don Balduck losing in New Hampshire 
to Maggie Hassan. I was glad because Balduck is a disaster and Hassan is fine. And the better choice was Hassan. But I didn't take a deep visceral pleasure in it. I take a deep visceral pleasure in Carrie Lake's loss because she is so extreme and she was so arrogant in her being extreme and she was so confident she was going to win and Trump was so confident she was going to win and it really would have been a disaster. I also have friends in Arizona who were really hoping she would lose. So I'm, I'm glad all around. Here is Sean Hannity while wrapping up an interview with Adam Carolla offhandedly mentioning, I don't know, I guess they kind of called it for Katie Hobbs, who, by the way, shouldn't even have been running. And I'll address that in a moment too. check this out. Land safely and be alive. You know what? I think that says it all. Uh, Adam Carolla, as always, we appreciate you being with us. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right. Apparently they did have a drop in Arizona and Fox is projecting that Democratic Secretary of State, who should have recused herself, Katie Hobbs, <laughs> has been elected governor of Arizona straight ahead. Yeah, apparently. I don't know. They're telling me something like the decision desk called the race. I don't know. There was a dump. There was a vote dump. She shouldn't even have been running. So this is this is great. I absolutely love this. And on the entire she shouldn't even have been running thing. Listen, if you want to seriously talk about when a secretary of state runs for governor, should there be some kind of special um, circumstance where they have to go through a certain distancing from how the election is run, because it's absolutely true. Secretaries of state to different degrees in different states are involved in the running of the election. And if they are candidates in the very election they are helping to run, you can argue that's a conflict. I am more than willing to explore that and figure out what sort of general rules should there be when a secretary of state is a candidate. But Brian Kemp was secretary of state in Georgia when he ran for governor against Stacey Abrams. And none of these Republicans said a word about it. And when Kemp actually worked to close down early voting, reduce polling places, all of that stuff, Kemp was actually doing it. And then Stacey Abrams said, hey, you know, some of this stuff is like a little bit sketchy because this guy's a candidate and he's also making these decisions. All of a sudden, these very same Republicans, they didn't say, well, Kemp shouldn't even be running because he's secretary of state. They came out and said, oh, Stacey Abrams is an election denier. Stacey Abrams is an election denier. So they are complete and total hypocrites, complete and total hypocrites. They are pathetic. And I just love I mean, look at look at this face from Hannity. Look at this sulking face. Uh, I don't know. Uh, They're kind of telling me. Something about a vote dump. I don't know. Uh, they say she won, but she shouldn't even have been a candidate. OK, uh, great stuff. Good thing. Carrie Lake lost. We have a voicemail number and that number is two one nine two David P. Here's a you know, speaking of awakenings, Tulsi Gabbard had an awakening and went from the left to the right. Dave Rubin had an awakening and went to the left from the left to the right. Uh, here's a really good voicemail about the way these awakenings differ when it's left to right versus right to left. Take a listen. Hey, David, it's Tommy. Have you ever noticed that when people shift political sides, that if they go from the left to the right, usually off the deep end, you know, like Jesse Dallimore used to be, you know, hardcore conservative, said some terrible things now on the left. And he makes a lot of sense and he's intelligent and well-informed. But then you get people like Tulsi 
or Diamond and Silk, who used to be Democrats, and now they're on the Republican side, and they're just out of their minds. What's the deal with that? This is a very interesting observation. Very, very interesting observation. I think there's a couple reasons why going from left to right leads to extremist lunacy and going from right to left is less commonly leading to that kind of lunacy. By definition, I mean, when we talk about what is the right wing, the right wing, generally speaking, is reactionary and it is fear oriented. If your only issue for why you go left to right is, you know, I realized instead of a 37 percent top tax rate, we should really have like a 22 percent flat tax. Okay, that is not radical in the sense that many of these other beliefs are radical. And I'm not aware of anybody who went from left to right because of a disagreement about what the top tax rate should be. Generally speaking, the reasons people go left to right are based in fear and they are extraordinarily reactionary. It's stuff about, you know, they've been brainwashed about transgender or they've become convinced that anyone who gets an abortion is literally a murderer or that Democrats want to open the floodgates with Mexican rapists who will rape your daughters and sell drugs and whatever. Right there, the, the what pulls people to the right are. Ignorant and incor- factually incorrect, but also reactionary fear based ideologies. And so the people susceptible to such a drastic 180, because let's be honest, if you're 16 and your political views change significantly, you're just learning about what the world is like. It's more believable when a 40 year old man like Dave Rubin or a 40 year old woman like Tulsi Gabbard do a 180. You have to wonder, is it a grift? And this is just they're choosing the most profitable character to play. Or are they so ignorant or susceptible to cult mentalities that they are willing to be sucked in by definition? That is going to lead to people being extreme. On the other hand, and I agree, people like Jesse Dollimore, Jenk Uger, others who used to be on the right and and go to the left, they come to the left for very non radical beliefs. Hey, you know what? I've realized we have the money to provide everybody a basic level of of, a standard of living with the taxes that we are collecting. I want to be part of the movement that wants to do that. It's not fear based. It's not reactionary. It's actually empathetic. And so at its core, I believe that that is the the most important reason why we see left to right awakenings be extraordinarily extreme and right to left awakenings um, not be that. Let me know your thoughts. We have a great bonus show for you today. Raphael Warnock is suing Georgia over early voting restrictions for the December 6th runoff. U.S. uh, The U.S. has fined airlines. U.S. government has fined airlines seven and a half million dollars for canceled flights. We'll talk about when this happened and why it's controversial and relevant. And Mitch McConnell is facing a leadership challenge from Rick Scott in the Senate. Where will this one go? We will talk about it on the bonus show. You can sign up and get instant access at joinpacman.com.